is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Next on News for the Soul, light body healing with Dr. Lara. Dr. Lara is a functional medicine health coach, an advanced practice clinical pharmacist specialist, master intuitive healer and channel, and international teacher and speaker on a mission to empower you to take an active role in your healing journey to achieve holistic health mastery of the mind, body, and spirit. Dr. Lara combines energy medicine with functional medicine to facilitate healing at the root level. Call in now to speak with Dr. Lara today. 646-595-4274 646-595-4274 Please welcome Dr. Lara back to News for the Soul. Hello and welcome back everybody. The Light Body family. I'm so happy to be with you today. And I have a special guest for us today. Her name is Morgan Shoney. And Morgan, uh, hi. Morgan, thank you you so much for having me. Yeah, so uh, Morgan is a Reiki master and spiritual teacher. She's an expert in initiating transformation, growth, accountability and clarity for women ready to live their juiciest lives. I love that. So um, (laughs) welcome. And um, did I say your name correctly? You did. Thank you. Awesome. So, okay. So let's get started by uh, telling us about you and how you came to sort of your journey and how you came to be a spiritual teacher and Reiki master and, and all the experts and helping people really, you know, live their juiciest lives. Absolutely. So kind of going back to the cliff notes of the beginning was I was raised in a perfectly loving middle-class family, and I was raised as the, the archetype of the good girl. And so growing up, I was really the perfectionist and the people pleaser, and I did everything I thought I was conditioned to do to be successful. And that transitioned into my adult life. And to me, that was, I was trained from a very young age, from the age of five, to be an athlete. And so as I progressed through life, that really wasn't my true calling, but it was what I was so conditioned. And so I started to experience things similar to how you share about your bottom, you know, with your health. And I actually experienced a completely life-changing injury. And as I continued to not listen to my body, as it was asking me to evolve and change, my body kept getting louder and it kept getting louder. And that turned into a slew of addiction and which ultimately led to my bottom and into recovery. So my spiritual journey really came, it started in, in my recovery and in a 12-step program, which then led me to energy workers. And I was a participant of all of these things. I was a recipient. And so I truly knew the value that, this could have to change my life. And so I never really intended that this would become my new life path. But as divine timing kept unfolding, I got the opportunity to participate in a Reiki practitioner certification, which I fell in love with and finished through to my Reiki master program. And so this career that I had as an academic success coach really kind of evolved into an embodiment coach and a spiritual teacher where as a success coach, it was so rigidly driven by what are your goals, what are your ambitions, rise and grind, hustle, 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 when there's so much more spiritually to alignment and purpose. And so that's really how that journey kind of unfolded for me, where now it's not just about ambition and goals and that hustle, you know, that we're so conditioned to believe is how we get to where we want to go. And so now I really take this approach of full embodiment, which is truly actually the recipe for the juiciest life that you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that sounds like quite the journey. And um, Mm -hmm. I just want to congratulate you for how far you've come and everything that 
you've overcome and grown through and passed, um, especially, you know, I think all of us deal with addiction in, on different levels, but I know, you know, it, it, it can be helpful to hear those encouraging words and just to acknowledge, you know, where we, where we all were and where we, how far we've all come. So, um, thank you. So, I appreciate yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to start with, um, you know, I think we're also a lot of us, I know, um, I am, I can totally relate to for sure to unlearning that grind and hustle mm. and, and go, 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 uh, type of living. And uh, so how do we start to even see our lives from that, from a different perspective instead of, cause I also too uh, was an, I still am an athlete, but, you know, grew up as a, you know, as a trained athlete and competitive swimmer. And so, so much of it is, you know, like you said, you, you know, you set your goal, did you reach it? If you didn't, what can you do to improve it? And then just keep going. And, and in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, we learn discipline that way and we learn to push through things that are uncomfortable. And I think a lot of those things can be valuable, but when it's taken or we don't know a different way, then like you said, like we get stuck in perfectionism or, you know, we start to get really hard on ourselves. And so what are some of the first steps to sort of shift that and still see our lives as productive and and successful without necessarily being in that constant grind and hustle mode. Absolutely. Well, first, you know, I'd like to acknowledge that a lot of us arrive at that point, maybe not by choice, but by mm-hmm. some sort of bold message that maybe started small and then had to get louder and louder. And, you know, for me, I'll speak for myself, is, I have to get really uncomfortable before I'm willing to change. Change is not pleasant or easy for most people. And so just starting there of acknowledging that sometimes life will make the decision for you. I like to say that my life is happening for me, not to me. So sometimes those things happen without my knowing. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if this is a conscious decision, then I would really say beginning to look at your life of, are there physical pains in your body? Are there, is there dis-ease present? And starting to look at the physical manifestation of your life around you, right? Because our, our external environment and our physical environment is a manifestation of what's going on energetically inside of us. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, the most simple answer to that question is, where's the joy? And if you can't answer what brings you the joy then it sounds like there's a lot to unravel because we either are wearing, I like to say we're wearing these masks. How many layers of masks do you have on? You know, or had, you know do, I, do you know who you truly are? You know, if you identify and you're like, I'm mom, I'm soccer coach, I'm this, 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 and this. It's like, okay, that's great. But those are all your social identifiers. Who are you actually inside? For me, I'm an artist. I'm a creative And that's something that I buried at a really young age because I thought I was weird and I thought I had to be, you know, this, this idea of something else, someone else's idea for my life. Right. And that was, you know, being an athlete. And so I would say to start looking at those things and if you could take off, you know, are there any of these masks that you can start to take off? And then what does that bring up? Do you feel like you should be doing things? You know, are you shooting yourself to death? Um, And starting to identify and reflect that self-reflection. And so for me, that's, are you willing to see things differently? That's point one. Because if you're Mm -hmm. not, then you're going to carry on and life will either carry on or you will continue to get more uncomfortable until you're forced to change perhaps. Yeah, and like you said, you know, a lot of times that that force into change a lot of times shows up as a health condition, whether it mm-hmm. is something chronic, maybe like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, or autoimmune, or it could be even something that's a little that shows up a little bit more acute, like cancer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and absolutely, I totally agree with you that what. What's going on in our physical body is a reflection of our energetic state and where we store things 
like where we store trauma, where we store emotions, where we store experiences that probably when we were little we didn't even know what to do with. And so we mm-hmm. just unconsciously stuck it somewhere energetically in our body, and then we, I, you know, crossed our fingers like, man, I hope I don't ever have to look at that or deal with that again. <laughs> but, in, but inevitably, most likely is going to show up later. And again, yes, this is something that I, you know, I preach too is that willingness. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, and I, maybe it's just part of the human journey in general. You know, we incarnate into this world to experience contrast and to sort of re-remember who we are as spiritual beings in a physical body. Mm-hmm. And hopefully when we're faced with these challenges, these health scares, like you said, it, it sort of instigates us to, to start asking questions and to have that little inkling of, ooh, maybe all these things I've been taught or have told myself aren't actually true. And mm. so one of the things that I do with myself, and this is one of the things I wanted to ask you too, I wanted, um, is what is it when we talk about doing the work, what does that really mean? And for me, it's something as simple as just writing down a list of all the things that, that I was told by family, authority figures, teachers, the church, all these cultural things that we're inundated with as little, you know, little sponge children, and then asking myself, are those true for me? And most of the time I think that we find as adults that they're not, and wow, how liberating mm-hmm. that can be to be like, I don't, I don't <laughs> need to carry that with me anymore. <laughs> or I get to decide yeah. whether that's true for me or not. And a lot of time, that's the first time in our lives that we experience that liberation of like, whoa, I get to choose. Mm-hmm. And, and so I completely agree with you. That's a great way to begin doing the work is what are all of these beliefs that you have? And what, what resonates as truth and what ultimately is not true for you? And when deciding the things that are not ultimately true for you, what beliefs or conditioning, I like to call them limiting beliefs, you know, do you have attachment to with that? You know, did, did we, were we told that, you know, good girls are quiet and small and together and, you know, this, this um, I like to say perfect, but this very together, where it's okay mm-hmm. for little boys to be messy or loud or, you know, fully expressive of their feelings and their emotions um, in terms of, you know, anger and expressing themselves, but, but, you know, big boys don't cry. And, you know, so thinking about things like that of, you know, I'm actually a very emotional person, but I was told and I was raised by, you know, society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that I needed to keep it together. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. don't upset those around you or, you know, your elders are always correct. And so, that trained me that if I had a differing opinion, I needed to keep it to myself because I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. all of that is like, as you start to identify which of these beliefs aren't actually truth for you, and they could have been true for you at one point. That's okay. We're allowed to change our minds. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just clear that right now. We're allowed to change our minds. We are allowed Hell to change yeah. our minds. <laughs> so if something you was true for you season. last week, yeah, like let's just anchor that for a minute. Who you are yesterday or last week does not have to be who you are today. I am of the mindset of constant and never-ending improvement. So the version of me a year ago, last month, last week, is not the same as today. Because the point of embodiment to me is this is not a light and love type journey. Embodiment to me is also bringing our shadows into our awareness, those limiting beliefs, whatever that, you know, quote unquote, doing the work is, bringing it to light and processing through it and, I, and unpacking it and unraveling it and figuring out what is actually my truth? Who am I as a spiritual being? And the beautiful thing is that doesn't have to be concrete. So I think that's just a beautiful, like, let's just anchor that in it. I get to be whoever I want today, and that can change again tomorrow. When we know better, we can do better. So this idea that we have yeah. to decide, and it has to be a firm decision, like, ugh, no thank you. 
or that even when we're working through these changes and invest like doing this, these internal investigations that we have to just find another like pre-made box to fit into. I think mm. that's one of the mm-hmm. things that, that I don't really think I truly understood until I got deeper, deeper into my self work and then started working with clients and realizing that so many of us feel like, okay, well, I don't feel, I didn't fit into this skin that, that culture and society told me I should be, do, or look like. But when I'm looking or growing into this new slash original me, I don't know what that looks like, looks like, or feels like either. And so again, just that permission to like, that's okay. You know, like this is a, mm-hmm. really a journey of, I feel like healing is a journey of liberation and freedom and just like finding your own niche in terms of how do you like your data flow? What do you like to read? Mm-hmm. What do you like to consume? How do you like to spend your free time? You know, all of these things. And especially I think, you know, we talked a smidge about addiction earlier, but when, when, you're, when you're new to sobriety, I, I know I've coached people through getting sober and I have friends that have been on that journey and are still on that journey, thank God, that, you know, it's like a whole new discovery of, ooh, well, what do I do if I don't go to the bar? Or what do I do if I don't mm-hmm. hang out with, with this group of friends that, that like to enjoy this substance, whatever that may be? Um, and so just, it can be scary for sure. And, and again, like, you're allowed to feel all the feelings and express them. Holy crap, mm-hmm. how liberating is that? Mm-hmm. You get to express mm-hmm. your feelings. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's part of, this digestion and and growth and so that's why I also really do encourage all of you out there that if you don't have you know our friends are great and they can be super helpful and supportive but really you know finding a coach or a therapist or or a group a support group of some sort that can sort of be that um uh that detached uh, objective person to help you digest and brainstorm and discuss and you know flesh it all out in a in a loving and non-judgmental environment for sure you know do you agree absolutely absolutely i like to say finding somebody who has what you want whether that's a coach or another person or a mentor or an accountability buddy or something like that you know where we if we think of kind of old conditioning of success it's like this idea of never be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of spirituality and finding models, like we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Like we don't need to figure this out by ourselves. Find somebody who has what you want and model what they've done or their behavior or their suggestions. And we get to piecemeal all of these things together. So that was a huge part of my journey was finding these mentors and these teachers where I was like, ooh, I really resonate with this. Or even better, they trigger the hell out of me. Ooh, what is that about? And leaning into that and realizing they're just mirroring something back to me that I'm uncomfortable and I need to work through. So some of my best and favorite mentors from my journey are people who triggered me bad when I first interacted with them, especially like on social media if I started following them. I was like, man, like why am I so interested when you trigger me so much? And so I've taken – the best, you know, I've, I've plucked out the best little tools from each of these people and figured out myself. What do I like? What do I want to do? How do I want to run my business? How do I want to teach? How do I want to show up in the world? It's like, okay, I took this little thing from this person, this little nugget from here, this little nugget from here, and it's like I get to be the creator of this. And so for me, when I think about it, I feel like a mad scientist. And it's very fun for me. And so I'm like, ooh, I'm going to take a little of this and a little of this and a little of this. I'm like, ooh, that added an interesting twist to the party and, like, maybe not so much of that. And, like, it's fun today to be like, ooh, who do I get to be now? What does this version of me look like? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a super important um, piece to highlight is that when you're triggered, that is an opportunity for you to start asking questions. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, usually when we're in the unconscious part of our lives, when we get triggered, we react and we spiral and there's usually like a pattern of behavior or actions that we do. But when you're when we're on the journey and we're in it and we're doing the quote unquote work, when we're triggered, that should be our first sort of um light bulb of like, ooh, okay. I've just been triggered. I don't like this feeling or like that really pissed me off or, <laughs> or something like, yeah. what is that? Like why? And, and I like to, this is a new practice that I have. I have these series of questions that I just like to ask myself and, and journal a little bit about like, okay, well, and, and I tune in with my guides and angels and I get really intuitive with it to really start to excavate these triggers and try to unpack them so that, for me, because I, you know, I'm sure most of us don't like like the feeling of being triggered, <laughs> but to try to break the pattern too is like, ooh, what was mm-hmm. the first age that I felt this? And and a lot of times it'll be something that happens so young that we don't think we have a memory, but if we allow that stillness and that intuitive guidance to come in, you'll be mm-hmm. really surprised as to what can come through the awareness, the downloads, the aha moment. And be like, oh, so, and then you can even ask, okay, well, who did I pick this up from? You know, was it a parent? Was it another family member? Was it church, you know, society, authority, like all, you know, just start asking questions and and be open to the downloads. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, then that's sort of where that question is, is this true for me? And do I need to keep carrying this with me? And if the answer is no, then I like to do like a little, you know, quick self-reiki session and just like Mm -hmm. let it, you know, let the guides and angels clear and transmute it, take it away, you know, like I don't need this crap anymore. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. And I, I love what you said about excavating because I feel like once we feel triggered, then we're in an emotional state, right? And so then that's where the self-judgment or the self-pity, all of these other quote-unquote negative emotions have space to come in and attach themselves. But if we can separate from those discomfortable, that discomfort and those uncomfortable feelings for a moment, I like to call it, I love that you said excavating, I love to call it a fact-finding mission. And so it's like, oh, isn't that interesting? So that reframe from the discomfort to curiosity is where I can separate myself from those heightened emotions. When I go from that, maybe I'm beating, I like to beat myself up a lot. And so I'm just like, I can't believe I'm triggered by this. Like, shouldn't I, didn't I work through this already? And so I go through the, like, my immediate is like, haven't I already processed this? Like, in my brain thinking that there's, like, an end result to this and it's not a constantly evolving journey of growth. And I'm like, man, Mm -hmm. why is this triggering to me? And so rather than going into that, you know, anger or, you know, my, my human design is my not self theme is anger. And so that's where I go energetically first. And if I can transition that into curiosity and go, hmm, isn't that interesting? That gives me that window of willingness to start asking those other questions, to start excavating, to start that fact-finding mission like you talked about. And that's really how simple of a transition in our energy it can be is from going from a heightened emotion to curiosity gives us that window of willingness. And that's all it takes is that, that sliver of willingness to might I be willing to see things differently? Mm-hmm. And I like to say that we only need to unlock the door of willingness. Like the universe will knock it down, we'll kick it in, but we just have to unlock the door. We just need that little sliver, and that's all. Because it allows yeah. us to be open to the possibility of seeing things differently. And that's all it takes to start. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up patterns. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. we all mm-hmm. have them, and you know whether it's you know like a, a you know I hear a lot of this uh, from especially you know females that are um, in the dating game. You know it's like why do I have this relationship pattern, or mm. why am I always mm-hmm. you know attracting this one type of guy or this one type of situation? Maybe it's a different type of guy, but there's the same type of situation that keeps evolving, and then the relationship dissolves, mm-hmm. and. And and you're right. We do tend to beat up, like, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, not to say that we're, we are participants. So we need to own our side of the street for sure. 
But mm-hmm. I think also, too, what we forget is that we didn't get to where we are today with just one experience and, mm-hmm. you know, one, mm-hmm. you know, one isolated incident that created this certain imprint and then that was it. So like when we're clearing and we're doing the investigation and the excavation and all that good juicy stuff, it's think of it as like a lotus flower or an onion, whichever you prefer that imagery. It's, unfold, <laughs> it's unfolding in layers, right? Or tiramisu, however, you know, like it's, it's you, you attack, you attack or you clear, whichever, you know, either or, mm-hmm. um, one layer and then most likely there's going to be another one underneath it and that's okay because the more eventually you will get down to ground zero and it will be cleared out of your field out of your you know your energetic imprints your patterns your your body but it does take time commitment willingness you know um vulnerability all of, all of yes absolutely and just being gentle with yourself and so when it comes up again, being like, great, thank you for showing up again and showing me that I have mm. more to clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the, the example that you gave of, you know, whether this is the lotus flower or the onion. And um, my sponsor in early sobriety would tell me that. She's like, we're just peeling back another layer of the onion. And for me, you know, I think that people drink or use or, you know, consume for a variety of reasons. But for me, I was so uncomfortable in my own skin that I, I drank to feel a part of and more comfortable. And so for me, when I started doing this work, I was like, I get this analogy of this onion, but I have like a decade of putting on additional sweaters over my onion. So I had to peel those off. And when I got to that very last sweater, before I even got to the layers of my onion, it was like, a stuck like the band-aid was stuck to a scab at the edge of the skin of the onion and like that one was even hard to peel off before I could even st- it's like there's so many layers and it takes vulnerability and then I got to this place where it was like oh man I'm raw mm-hmm. and I have to keep going and so that that knowing that every layer is going to be different some you will have all of the support and all of the tools and all of this and sometimes you're going to be raw and like a new baby giraffe and, you know, learning to walk on your, your new legs. One of my favorite things is like, I'm feeling like I'm in this, I don't know what to do with my hands space. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, I have to figure it out again. And it's like, just like we constantly are changing and we get to change our minds. Every layer we peel back is different also. So the tools that may have gotten us here may not be the same tools in this one. I've learned that a lot with grief as well as when my grief counselor is queen of analogies. And one of her favorite things is your grief is not always where you left it. And I found that with the same with your personal development and your, mm-hmm. your, your self-help and your self-work. It's not always where you left it. It's whatever you need to work on next. And I've noticed for me, that's usually not what my masculine brain has aligned for myself <laughs> to be the next thing that I'm going to work through. The universe is like, actually, that's nice, but I'm going to show you what you actually need. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that could even be said, like, when we're showing up at, you know, like, even if we're, you know, like, showing up to the gym or showing, like, wherever, you know, that that, uh, athletic piece, too. It's like you might do one workout one day, and it felt like a breeze. And you come mm-hmm. back to it, when, and, and you're like, this is hard. Why is this so hard? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But to think so about, true. there's so many factors about why that could be hard. How did you sleep? Mm-hmm. What did you eat? Are you hydrated enough? You know, did, was the construction crew outside of your bedroom window at, you know, 530 in the morning? Like, there's so many factors about why yesterday's workout and today's workout are totally different. And so I think that is yeah. a perfect uh, example, like you were saying, about we didn't get here because of one thing. We got yeah. here by this accumulation of all of these things. Yeah, and I love that the lesson is the same, whether we're looking at it from the perspective of grief or, you know, or the exercise room or, you know, maybe we're, you know, marathon training or something. and. Mm-hmm. The, the the moral is the same, is you show up, you ask questions, and you're gentle with yourself. I can't, like, one of the health mm-hmm. things that I've been discovering and healing through over the past year and a half-ish, at least, 
probably more, but I'm just going to say that I was aware of it, is adrenal fatigue. And mm. talk about a, ch- a challenge, an athlete trying to mm-hmm. heal through ad- adrenal fatigue at the same time and getting out of that Ooh. mindset of, of I have to push myself through this workout or if my body doesn't perform the way I expect it to, then I'm just going to push harder because that's what I've been taught to do through, you know, mm-hmm. the traditional, you know, sports mindset. And really, no, like, in order to heal, you have to start asking and listening to your body. What does my body need right now? And this can be said for any mm-hmm. health condition. What does mm-hmm. my body need to nourish it, to fulfill it, to support it? Maybe it doesn't need a hit workout. Maybe it needs a restorative yoga hour <laughs> or yeah. 90 minutes <laughs> or maybe just some damn sleep. How about that? <laughs> I was going to say or a nap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or have you eaten? Have you, are you, have you had any water mm-hmm. yet? Like have you, cause for me, I love the analogy of halt. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And if I'm feeling away, if I check down that list, Usually it's one of those four things, usually more than one. And usually my mood can significantly change if I go drink some water. And mm-hmm. people are like, Morgan, what? Like, really? But yes, really. Yeah. Especially things yeah. like adrenal fatigue and those sorts of things. It's like, no, don't pick up another cup of coffee. Go drink a glass of water. <laughs> go get some sunshine. Yeah. Go for a walk around the building. <laughs> Maybe even some salt water, you know, maybe even some bone broth, you know, something that's going to help you balance that that salt balance, too. It's so true. And since you brought it up, I'll just, you know, throw in the little the the health nugget here that most of the time when we're hungry, if our body's telling us we're hungry, we're actually dehydrated. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I always tell my clients, and especially if their goal is weight loss, if you're hungry, I want you to drink a good amount of water, like two or three eight-ounce glasses at minimum, if at least not like a half a liter to a liter, and then give yourself 15 to 20 minutes and then see if you're really hungry. If your body still says, I'm hungry, then by all means, eat something healthy and nourishing. But there's a lot of things that trigger our body to our brains to tell you you're hungry when you're really not. Yeah, especially emotions. Mhm. Oh yeah, especially emotions. <laughs> For me being that emo- do, being an emotional eater. And so that idea, I would I would be notorious for saying like, "Oh, drinking water is not my strong suit." And it's like, "Well, that's because I have all of these attachments to food." And so that's a whole nother, you know, rabbit hole we could go down, but just to mirror back your point is like, "Yeah, girl, just drink some water." Like drink some water yeah. and then assess. Drink some water while asking the questions. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, I feel better just with that little thing. So I think yeah. also, too, that's worth, it's worth saying, like, taking the time to pause and reflect and give yourself the space to actually feel better. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah. you know, like, since we're on the subject, we brought up food and um, emotional eating. Most of the time we emotionally eat because we want to feel better. And so in order to actually do that, we have to provide the time and the space because, unfortunately, we're still physical. We're energetic beings, but we're physical. In the physical realm, there's time and space. <laughs> mm-hmm. But same, same goes with do you pick up your phone when you're uncomfortable or you're stressed? Do you, do you scroll social media? You know, consumption doesn't necessarily just have to be food. And so that dopamine hit like, okay, I'm feeling like I want to go that, that um, hand to face movement is very similar to a hand to face movement with food. And so when we feel, if we are so conditioned to do that, pick up something and bring it towards your face, whether it's going in your mouth or your eyeballs, it's, it's the same. And so like you mentioned, allowing yourself to have the space to feel and move through rather than seek solution from something else exterior through usually is only a couple of moments Mm -hmm. and then we can continue on. Yes. Yes. So I wanted to ask you about um, following the path of least resistance. How Mm. do we do that? (laughs) It seems so simple. (laughs) 
<laughs> it seems so simple. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for me, the simple answer is following the joy. And what I mean by that is when, especially, so I'll take it kind of from a career um, and fulfillment standpoint, since I came from a success coach background, is we, we have this conditioning of what success means to us. So that takes its own work, right? And, you know, success and fulfillment can be very different for everybody. It is very different for everybody. So we don't need to go there. But this following the path of least resistance to me is what's the next indicated step? If I'm following the joy, which to me is the path to the juiciest life, which to me is the goal, is, okay, if I'm following the joy, what is the next path of least resistance today? Um, What am I, if it's first thing in the morning, what am I going to put in my body first? Or what am I going to put on my body? I'm really in a space right now of I want all of my clothes to be the softest things ever. So I'm Mm. very attached to, um, I'm very unattached to most of my wardrobe currently. And the thought of like, you know, pants and jeans and things like that, I'm just like so not into right now. I want everything to be slowy and delicious. And that brings me so much joy. It has nothing to do with my work or anything like that, but it has everything to do with my energy and my ability to show up in the day. And so I'm noticing that about myself lately is I'm having this very tactile experience of, to me, juicy and delicious feels very soft and luxurious. And that doesn't mean expensive, just soft or silky or fuzzy. And my energy has been changing completely when I allow myself to follow that joy. And then I'm like, ooh, I kind of have this, you know, sexy little energy about me today as I go sit at my desk. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with I've changed anything in my business or my schedule or my calendar. It's what, what's bringing me juicy joy today, and that's what it is today. Like, it, that's, that's my thing right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you said something really important, too, that how you feel affects how you show up. So Absolutely. And, that, yeah, I think that's something else that we don't really think about, you know, but, like, if you're waking up and – every day or, you know, the days that you have to go to work and you're like, God, I don't want to have to go to work. Or or maybe you like what you do, but you don't like the place that you're doing it in. Or, oh, my God, like, I have to go and, like, deal with these people or this environment or whatever it is. Maybe if it's just your commute, then that is affecting how you show up. And people feel that and they respond to you in kind. And so, mm-hmm. again, if you, you know, we've all had those days where we wake up, we're tired. We probably don't want to go do whatever it is we have to do, and, but we make ourselves do it. And then the rest of the day just sort of also unfolds and this, well, this happened and this was crappy and this happened and this was just another layer of crap on my day. <laughs> it's because mm-hmm. we're the, that's our energy. And, you Absolutely. know, and it's, you know, it's, again, energetics. It's reflected out into the world, and that's what is reflected back to us. And, and so you know what I heard? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. I, the very first thing I heard was I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. That set the tone for everything. How about a reframe of I get to go to work? What's, what is the compelling future about what's your why? Why is it beneficial that you're going to work? What is that paycheck providing for you? What is the service? You know, if you're in a service-based industry, whose lives are you going to change? I get to go to work today because I'm changing people's lives. I'm making that paycheck because I'm doing X, Y, or Z. So having that compelling future about your why you're doing the things that you're doing also is a hugely important reframe towards that following yeah. the path of least resistance because that, all, that whole day you just described started with the energetic idea of the thought of I have to go to work. That's a, that's a life is happening, not a life is happening for me. Yeah. You made that choice and to take that job. You're exactly. making that so, choice yeah. to go own your choices. Yes, and you just brought in the word that, I, that, I've, that I've chosen for the year of 2022 is choice. What are we choosing? Mm. We, we're, mm-hmm. Even though we might feel like we have, quote, unquote, have to, we're really making a choice to do it or not. Mm-hmm. And so once we once we own that, that I think also shifts it to shift that power structure 
you know, of, instead of victimy, I have to, then, oh, yep. I'm choosing to. And when I choose to, then this is also what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And that little shift, that little reframe is back to a couple of questions ago about how do we do, you know, quote, unquote, do the work? How do we start? Think about all of the things that you say you have to or you should do in your day. And that is if we have to, you know, categorize it, which I don't really like putting labels on things, but that's very victim-y energy. And that's a very different energy of I'm the queen of my day. I choose what I'm doing and I get to is very different than I have to or I should. That, just that tiny mm-hmm. reframe is a totally different energy. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, oh, my gosh. Such a good show today, I feel like. So many good, juicy nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so you're also an author, and we haven't talked much about that. Um, let, can we shift gears a little bit, and you can tell us about your book? Absolutely. Um, my are we are we allowed to swear here? I think we may have already, yeah. but that changes the, yeah. the context of my <laughs> <laughs> my PG version or my authentic version. I'm happy to share either, but authentic is what we're going with today. Um, yes. Thank you for asking. My book is called Unravel the Bullshit, and this book is part memoir, part self help, and really along the lines of everything that we've been talking about today. And I have learned through my 12-step program and my sobriety that when I share my vulnerability and my authentic truth, it gives somebody else permission to begin that self-reflection, to begin going, wow, me too, as opposed to if I wrote from the voice of I'm going to talk at you or teach you something, you may have the conditioning of something that triggers that, and you may be like, no, screw that lady, like, I want no part of that, rather than being curious and asking questions. And so this book is really written for the person who is like, I am, feel so stuck. I am so uncomfortable. I am so miserable, but I don't know what to do. I may have heard of doing the work, but I don't know how. And so I really wrote my story. I share the most vulnerable truths. I bear my soul, and I share stories that I have never shared before in the space of if I can, so can you. And so I've written it in three parts. Part one is the conditioning, part two is the crumbling, and part three is the phoenix. And at the end of every section, I have guided self-reflection opportunities. And so there's a basically journal prompt that you can either think about and you know to be- begin to ponder as you go about your day, or if you do have a journal practice, which I find is the most powerful for me, but everybody's different, is to start thinking about, am I willing to see things differently? And so I outline a series of questions to kind of guide you through that self-reflection based on maybe you're identifying with the conditioning still. Maybe you're in the middle of the crumbling and you're seeing this drama of my crumbling and you're being like, damn, girl, I resonate. Me too, I'm there. We may have a very different story, but the energy of what I'm feeling and experiencing, you might be like, oh, shit, me too. And that's, that's why it's written, is for me shining my light and speaking my truth so that somebody else knows they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And there is a way to change. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that's one of the <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. That was it. <laughs> I, I was just going to reiterate, too, that I think that's one of the biggest messages that I want to bring with every show is that we are not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I know in these crazy polarizing times and especially with the way Mm -hmm. social media is and whether we're in a shutdown or not a shutdown or whatever it is, like it can be very isolating. And so nobody out there is alone. There are resources. There's this show. There's many more other great, fantastic shows and podcasts. You also have a podcast, I believe. I do. It's been a little bit on the uh, the slow end this last year because I have been writing the book, so it has not been front of my priority. Um, but it has been. Um, I meet with my astrologer once a month, and we do a full moon report just to share about what's going on um, kind okay. of energetically out there. Yeah, it's called um, the Vibrate Higher podcast. 
And it's going to make, it, there's going to be some changes to the energy of it. But really my focus currently in this last year has been writing the book and the supplemental course that goes along with that. So if you are going through the book and you get to the end and you're like, oh my gosh, now what? And you have that willingness, I have the follow-up tool to begin, quote unquote, doing that work. And that's yeah, called embodiment. That. Yeah, yeah cool. absolutely. And what is that? Entail? So that. So that is called embodiment, and it's a five-week program currently. I already have additional modules that I'm, that I'm adding to it. Uh, it's a completely online program with an online community. So I have found for me, especially over the last couple of years, as we, as you mentioned, you know, there's this opportunity for a lot more isolation, but there's also this opportunity to connect with people all over the world virtually. And mm-hmm. so when we're going through experiences like doing the work, having other people around to support us, cheer us on, share our wins, share what we're going through in our struggles, have somebody, maybe a total stranger is the one who happens to be on at the same time and can see you, hold space for you, authenticate your feelings and validate like, yeah, I hear you. And so there's this community element to it as well. But really it's, it's the progression from the book. And it's, if you get to the end after hearing my story and you're like, man, I'm, I'm willing to see things differently. What now? Embodiment is intended to be that tool to guide you. And part of that is I also provide resources to support you because I am under no illusion that I have the answer or the best thing. I share all of my favorite other things I have done to get to where I am. So the intention is that this has been a, this has been a journey for me. So I'm condensing decades into days and weeks. And I'm going to give you full transparency of the tools that I have used as well. So it's really a jumping off platform to starting to do the work because I do think everybody's path is different. And so I'm going to take you through kind of initiating this process and also providing you additional tools where if you're like, man, I'm really resonating more with this spiritual element, here's a path. I'm more resonating with this energetic path, here's some tools. I'm more on this you know, business and success. Here's some additional tools. I'm looking for something a little more structured and militant of like, I need to know this, 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 and this, and I need that structure. Here's some additional tools. So it's really kind of that initiation of doing the work plus Mm -hmm. this huge network of everything I've been through and what other tools are out there because I am of the belief that we are better together. So I'm not going to sit here and I'm going to hoard all these tools to myself. Hell no. I'm going, to, I'm going to initiate thoughts and questions, and I'm going to take you through a journey, and then I'm going to keep giving you more and more tools of other people doing really beautiful work. I feel like that's really what we're being called to as a collective right now is we're really transitioning from this individual energy to this collective, this community. And so that's a big part mm-hmm. of the energy that I bring to embodiment is this is not just come learn from me. Let me be your guide. It is, that is not it. It is come let me help you initiate this beautiful, vulnerable willingness that you're taking in your life. And here's a bunch of other beautiful people doing beautiful work so that you can follow the path of least resistance. And if it's like you're getting through module four, module five, and you're like, man, I'm really interested in this thing. Cool. Follow that path. And that's kind of what we were talking about, the path of least resistance. I have this, this little inkling in my mind, this curiosity. Follow it. I'm really triggered by this. Why? Ooh, follow it. And so that's really what it is, this initiation and this kind of platform into beginning, quote, unquote, doing the work. Yeah, awesome. That sounds like a great journey. I encourage everyone out there to go check out uh, Morgan's work. So the book is on Amazon? Yes, you can get it on Amazon. There's also an audio book on Audible that I did record myself, which was a whole other beautiful masterpiece that burst out of me. I did not have any idea it was going to be so much fun, and I love it. So there, I definitely think there's some beautiful medicine in there, being able to hear those stories in my voice as well, um, and really my emotion and my experience. So the book is available, ebook, paperback, and audiobook on Audible. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today, and thank you for bringing your wisdom and all of your insight, and 
I really appreciate it, and um, it's. I feel like this has flown by, so I definitely want to <laughs> have you back, and we'll, you know, excavate some more. <laughs> I so love that. Tell I everyone, would be yeah. <laughs> tell everyone about your website too. I feel like we haven't touched on that yet. Absolutely. So you can find all of my tools on my website, which is morganshonis.com, and I'm on social media. My main platform is Instagram at Unravel the Bullshit. And that also links to everything. So I'm pretty easy to find if you Google Unravel the Bullshit or Morgan Chonis. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find out there. So, um, but yeah, if you have follow-up questions, please feel free. Like, slide into my DMs. Let's chat. If I said something that triggered you and you're like, man, let's excavate that a little bit, slide into my DMs and let me know. Let's chat about it. And I'd love to hear, you know, any takeaways or anything like that because that's how we continue to learn. And you know, if I have the pleasure to come back again, that's additional, you know, insight we can bring to share with everybody. So I'm so honored and thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. And so everybody out there, um, also don't forget to go over to drlaramay.com. That's D-R-L-A-R-A-M-A-Y.com. And I will have a show notes page up of this episode with all of the links and, and um, all of the resources. And so you can also find Morgan and her work through that as well. So, again, thank you all for showing up today and bringing your wonderful energy. And, uh, Morgan, we will reconnect at a later date. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye, everybody. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. You're listening to News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained since January 1997. We began our 25th year in broadcasting in January 2022 and we're just getting started exploring the edge of human consciousness and possibility on planet Earth with founder and journalist Nicole Marie Whitney at the helm. What's really real and what's really possible? That is what we want to know. Join us at newsforthesoul.com. Newsforthesoul.com. 